Hi everyone! I'm Riv. And I'm Ruv. And, and welcome, welcome to the Riv and Ruv thing. Now, if you've been visiting our little corner, our recent episode was on poetry, and we had a special guest, Shah, talk about poetry versus AI in today's day and age. Poetry is something that's often underappreciated or mechanized and diluted due to technology and progression in our society. And we're going to be discussing its significance from God's lens. Ooh, sounds very exciting. So let's jump straight into it. Number one, we know that God created us in his image. This is all the way in the beginning in Genesis 1, 26 to 27, where it stated that God created humanity in his own image and likeness. So we can all agree that God is indeed an extremely amazingly creative God. <laughs> and if we are a reflection of who he is, then a creative God would mean that us humans are creative. It is evident in various forms, including art, music, literature, and architecture. Actually, Frannies, just design thinking. Yeah, just open your eyes and look around. UX. <laughs> All these buzzwords that Riv is just putting in. If you just think about it, in this vast world, creativity is so evident in humans, which is a reflection of God, right? Poetry is just another medium which showcases the creativity of humans, hmm. right? So, in the biblical context, now that we have agreed that poetry is a result of creative expression in people, let's delve into the specific connection between creativity, mm -hmm. human experience, mm -hmm. through an examination of something in the poetic books in the Bible. Rip, tell us your thoughts on this. Hmm. Well, in the Old Testament, we see distinct categories of books with historical books focusing on the nation of Israel's story, its tribe, and their history. In contrast, poetic books, which Christians often refer to as wisdom books, they kind of pivot from this collective narrative to explore the individual human experiences. These books tend to be more experiential. Mm. And because of that, readers, myself included, have a kind of engaged with them a lot more on a personal level. Yeah. So the five books categorized as poetic or wisdom literature are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. So essentially, they employ various literary forms, especially poetry. <laughs> we've 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 said poetry so many times well by this what's point. this episode called again? <laughs> and they're essentially used to convey universal themes such as joy love pleasure heartbreak pain relationships loss suffering doubt <gasps> decision making and <laughs> i thought you were never gonna end yeah and finally, the individual's need for intimacy with God. So yeah, like you mentioned, it does get very personal. So when Riv and I were planning this episode, and because I'm in charge of the content, I decided let's come up with a psalm from our own relationship and walk with God, which is very dear to us. Found out <laughs> that we had both chosen Psalm 51. Let me read it out for you guys. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
for I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. The next part, some of you friends may remember. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Heavy psalm. I think some of you friends may know the context of the psalm. It's after the author of this psalm, David, had committed a very grievous sin, and he was convicted of it. And it's one of the rare psalms in like the Old Testament which mentions the Holy Spirit as well. It's such a cry. And now I guess we can share maybe a, a personal experiences with this psalm. Number one, this psalm really, really speaks to me because I remember since I was quite young, whenever I would pray, sometimes I didn't know the words to pray to ask for forgiveness for something which I did, either something small where I was naughty or mischievous, or something big. And I would use the words of this psalm, and I'm a sinner, man. I've done so yeah. many bad things mm-hmm. that I feel like I've memorized quite a bit of this. <laughs> you repeat it every time. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think the heart of David is so evident in this psalm that I used it as the lyrics for a song which I wrote. And out of the brokenness of repenting honestly before God, this psalm always would be so precious to me because it, David was humbling himself so much in this psalm and really crying out to God. I resonate with that when I make an error. Repentance is a daily thing because we sin daily. Anybody who says otherwise, I don't believe them. <laughs> and Bible which I was using was the header of the psalm is creating me a clean heart, oh God. So I think that's the crux of it. And at this point when David was writing it, he didn't know about like Jesus as a figure. I mean, he he knew the Trinity. I'm sure that it was revealed to him and stuff, but Jesus had not come yet because this is the Old Testament and in, only in the New Testament. Does the Messiah really come? But Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he washed us white as snow and his blood purifies us and the sacrifice everything also makes sense in this psalm. So wow. Yeah, on a personal level, this piece of poetry, this psalm is so so precious to me. What about you, Rev? For me, it's a precious psalm because when I was reading like the Old Testament, you know, 
we see kings come and go. Often, like in the storyline, like when the prophets confront the king, they just kind of try to kill the prophet. You know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. So what what makes this so precious to me is to see、um, David, a very successful king,、um, and when it comes to power and influence. It kind of messes with your ego and pride.、Mm. What I see in this song, on top of repentance, is that when you repent, there must be a step of humility. Yeah, the intense humility of it, right? In someone who, in human, humanly perspective, is no one higher. Yeah,、right? basically.、And、even then, there was that fertile soil with his own heart, and he's able to receive that. That's one. That's very rare. It's rare. But more than that, what I resonate with is this one line, a few lines that, in the midst of his repentance and、um, realization of the ugliness of his, he says, "O、oh、Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O、oh、God." You will not despise. It's I think just me to be absolutely vulnerable before the Lord. Yeah. To know that He does not, He is not pleased with a burnt offering.、Mm. He is not pleased in the presentation of how we offer ourselves to Him. Oh come on. He does. Yeah. It's not about how you present the package. The package. How you package, you know, your life unto Him. And he does not despise it. Yeah. Could you guys imagine that? Yeah. It's like he loves it. In fact. And that's true repentance. That line encapsulates what repentance looked like before the God who sees everything. I just want to add something、yeah. to this.、Um, something which always stood out to me was the fact that、um, cleanse me with hyssop. What does that mean? Yeah. So hyssop was mentioned in the Bible for its cleansing effect, and it was usually in connection with plague, leprosy, chest ailments, and it was very symbolic in cleansing the soul. Yeah. Right. So even like later on in the future, in medieval and Renaissance times, hyssop was primarily used for respiratory and digestive ailments. Okay. Right. So it's basically used for cleansing,、mm. internally and even medically. So when David says to wash with hyssop, and if you search it up, friends, it's like a very small purple plant. It kind of looks like a weed, small and insignificant, honestly. But it was used for blood cleansing and forgiveness. They all go together in the Bible. So David's plea to be cleansed with hyssop was like saying, "Wash me with blood, and I will be forgiven." So remember how I was mentioning about the blood of Jesus earlier? I think what really stands out to me is, without even realizing, and that was probably the Holy Spirit speaking as he repented. He was talking about the blood of Jesus and its ability to forgive. That's the hope that is presented here when we confess our sins, and we are washed in the blood of Jesus when made clean. So it's pretty astounding to me that little little details, which is the beauty of poetry, I feel, you break it down and you can find endless amount of things, which not only personally resonate with you every time. That I run into a problem, and I'm sure you too, Riv.、Mm-hmm. We turn to this psalm and we ask forgiveness. Every situation is always unique, but there's something fresh about going to this psalm and any part in the Bible. It's always relevant to us, right? And 
it's kind of astounding that not only this link because everything always points to Jesus mm-hmm. but that it, the powerful imagery of just this alone and I mean about the sacrifices and a king humbling himself and if so how much more should we all these lessons we can all glean from just what 1 to 19 19 verses in one psalm out of 100 and what 100 and 150 right let me do a quick search Should I, should I sing song? Is this the Larry Ele- part? Elevate the music. Before that happens, let me just say it is 150. <laughs> so everybody, it's insane how one psalm out of 150 gives us so many nuggets of wisdom, lessons which we can take, which we can readily apply to our daily lives. So I think the overall message that we're trying to get at is poetry is very relevant and powerful. And it will never lose its relevance despite AI, despite change, the, despite the progression of society because our God is unchanging. And we also make the same mistakes. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, well, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really king. Not yet. <laughs> oh, I <love> <laughs> Yet, it's kind of interesting that we can relate to David. Yeah. 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 Could you imagine? He's so hot. Yeah. So, I'm a <laughs> Yeah, I think overall poetry has not lost its relevance and creative expression is always going to be there because we're created in the likeness of a creative god. Mm-hmm. So, I hope that you were encouraged today by a short introduction to poetry in the Bible and our own, I guess, reflections and experiences with just one psalm alone. We have many more, but stay tuned for that. As, as you heard, it's 150. Yeah, so... <laughs> Praise yourself. <laughs> and I, th- I would encourage all you frannies to also pen your thoughts mm-hmm. and not lose that vulnerability as Riv reminded us. Because if a king can rip his clothes and cry out to God, In a poetic fashion. <laughs> <laughs> We can try to aspire to be just a little like him. <laughs> And God loves the messy. Yeah. He's not afraid by it. So. Tough question. <laughs> no, no. This is total moments, everybody. Get ready. You never know when it's going to happen. What, Rave? Between the five books that's categorized as poetic or literary, wisdom literature which one is your favorite this is gonna expose me for real no <laughs> but it's okay because in the introduction on our instagram page mm. it does say what kind of person i am i really love song of solomon there we are <laughs> okay it's one of my favorites man because as a hopeless romantic to know that my Jesus calls me beloved and as a brown girl <laughs> now that you know dark but lovely and this it's so beautiful okay it's like my romantic heart is like okay I don't need all that K-dramas and all that because look at what's in the Bible y'all <laughs> so I really love it I mean me as a composer of music writing music and all that yeah. I take a lot of material from Psalms not gonna lie Psalms or songs? Psalms when I'm writing okay. but still Song of Solomon is really my favorite what's your favorite verse from there? you're really hey 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 putting me on the spot man moments 
Okay, recently I also put this on my personal Instagram, but it's um it's repeated a few times. Uh, so the first time that it's repeated is in chapter two of the Song of Solomon, verse seven. It says, "I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases." So I cannot exactly say which is my favorite verse because there's so many, and it's so poetic and beautiful and romantic, and just shows the reflection of the bride and the bridegroom, and it's also just a love story at heart. But this particular verse is very relevant for me as a single girl. Single girls to not awaken love before it's time. You know, actually, I actually have that written on a post-it note on my wall. No way. Yeah, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> girl. Wait. Girl. So I'm gonna twist the question. I'm gonna turn tables and give it right back to you. What is your favorite? Wait, book? I wanna I add on to. Oh, okay. My favorite verse from that book. Anything? I think. Also, oh, Song of Solomon is your favorite book as well. No, I just said my favorite verse from that book. There's this one. Verse that I really love. Don't know if it's too vulnerable. If it is, I'll cut it off. Hey, you don't mean to be vulnerable because of Psalm 51, so you gotta be too. Go, go for it. The Hebrew it says, "I am my beloved, my beloved's mine." Yeah, we're romantic girlies at heart, basically. Somehow, somehow. <laughs> so, what's your favorite book in the five? Surprisingly, if you say Job. Nah. <laughs> well, that was a relevant part of my life, but it was important. But the first That's book, for another episode. The first book <laughs> that drew me into the Bible and made me just in awe with how rich it was when I became a believer was the Ecclesiastes. Whoa. Yeah, because I was like, not what you would think. I was an angsty teen girl with like really like. Like there was no light in my tunnel. I was just like, oh, the world around me, you know. And you know, I was searching for a faith that time, and I was like, oh, all these faiths, you know, they, they're like so, you know, the world is such a happy place. It's not. And I read Ecclesiastes, and it was like vanity, vanity, oh, everything is vanity. And I was just like, mood. I relate to this. I love this so much. Finally, someone's being real. <laughs> Yeah, it's not everyone's favorite book. Actually, it's really surprising that you say it. Even yeah, it's it's my it's first. Heavy. It's my first book, and yeah, I, I guess what angsty kid moment. But I still really love Ecclesiastes. Yeah, it's like it reminds you that you know, like the context of it is still King Solomon, I think, and he yeah, he, he pursued any anything and everything that was pleasurable in his eyes. And he said, like he writes for different seasons, you know, when like to suffering it's meaningless, you know, to to prosperity it's meaningless. Whatever you do, that's just like what's the point of it all? It really spoke to you during that time, and it still does. Yeah, yeah, especially the seasonal stuff, right? Like there's a time for everything. It reminds you to like step back yeah. and realize oh, it's not that important as I thought it would be. So we gave you Psalms. We gave you a little sneak peek of Song of Solomon, which is a very heavy book, by the way, in terms of like interpretation. Yeah. And then we gave you Ecclesiastics as well. Vanity, vanity. All very dramatic, but resonates with us nonetheless. So poetry is relevant, especially in God's perspective, in His Bible, in His Word. Thank you, friends, for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Ribbon, Ribbon roof out. out.